Hello and welcome to Get Flushed, the sanitation podcast. My name's Pete and I'll be your host. Now, earlier this season, I predicted a shortage in portable restrooms once public events started to come back online. My argument was based on the fact that many operators have faced such high demand for restrooms from their weekly customers that they've had to deploy their event fleet. They're the toilets they normally hold in reserve in a pool just for special events. The demand has come from construction, which seems to be going off the charts on a global level, COVID testing and vaccination centres, where hygiene is obviously important, and other facilities that wouldn't normally have portable restrooms on site. As well as an increase in the number of units on hire, the focus on hygiene means that many operators are also seeing an increase in the frequency of cleans they're being asked to perform. Instead of once a week or once every two weeks, customers are asking for two or three services a week, and in some cases, they want those cleans every day, if not twice a day. That creates a lot of extra work, so it's no surprise that PROs are enjoying a bumper year. One provider told me last week that he's already beaten his forecast for 2021, and we're only halfway through June. There are still six months left to go. With demand for restrooms and wash stations incredibly high, now might seem the perfect time to expand your operation by adding more units, more trucks or more staff. But that's proving to be quite a lot harder than it sounds. Sure, interest rates are low, which means borrowing is cheap and economies appear to be booming. But the availability of new units has been seriously affected over the past year. We've seen production delays caused by Covid shutdowns and a shortage of plastic resin and a shortage of steel. Freight times are longer, freight costs are higher, and it's no surprise that toilet manufacturers and tank builders have raised the price of their units in recent weeks. To their credit, most have pledged to reduce those prices again, as or when the cost of production start to fall. But with the global demand continuing to climb, I don't think anyone expects the bubble to burst any time soon. High demand also means that we're seeing other manufacturers bring their products to different markets and extend into new territories. We're seeing new innovative designs and different styles being offered for sale. Crapper King has just signed to distribute the Canadian Peapod in the US, and social media has been absolutely packed with adverts from restroom manufacturers in Russia, China and the Middle East. Now I haven't seen any of those units in person, so I can't comment on their quality, but it will be interesting to see how they compare with the more familiar and time-tested brands that restroom operators have grown used to. Peak demand also creates other pressures at the sharp end, even for large-scale restroom providers. You see, most operators have a finite number of toilets in their fleet. When those have been used, there's nothing left to supply. And workers can only work so many hours before they reach their legal limit. In New Zealand, that's 13 hours per day for a driver and a total of 70 hours in a week before they need a 24-hour break. And even if people are willing to work long hours, it doesn't take long before they burn out. They'll start to report sick or even look for other jobs. Now, if you can't find extra trucks, one answer would be to employ extra staff and run double shifts, maybe 24-7. The biggest problem there is that it's getting harder and harder to find those staff. First off, experienced workers are in high demand. Most other restroom operators are in the same position and looking for extra staff. New entrants can be even harder to find. I've seen a couple of great recruitment videos from PROs this week where they've tried really hard to attract new staff. They've focused on positive aspects to present a really attractive proposition. Regular hours, good pay, proper uniforms, new trucks, great teammates and supportive managers. Despite those efforts, life as a sanitation driver doesn't appeal to everyone. It's often seen as dirty work and many people just can't handle the thought of dealing with septic waste. And I'll be honest, while working on your own on a sanitation truck can be good fun, it's also physically demanding, it can be repetitive and it can be lonely. 
While many operators are working at their maximum limit to meet daily demand, it's difficult to imagine how they're going to cope when events come back. And in the past week, we've seen two news stories cover that angle. The first appeared in the Guardian newspaper in the UK. The headline read, Not quite ready to rock. Festivals return hit by lack of loos and tents. A critical shortage of equipment and crew has left organisers scrambling to prepare for summer events. The rest of the article went on to explain that staging, toilets, marquees, temporary fencing, stagehands and road crew are in short supply. The equipment has been deployed elsewhere and people who faced a loss of income last year have found other jobs. They're just not available anymore. Repeated delays and ongoing uncertainty also mean that event organisers are unable to arrange insurance, so they're faced with unsecured risks set against a very uncertain backdrop. The second article appeared on the WMUR news channel in the US, and it featured one of my social media friends, Dan Smart from Pete's Toilet Rentals. That story explained that town officials in Laconia, New Hampshire, budgeted $5,000 last year for 40 toilets at an annual event. Obviously last year's event was cancelled, and when they asked for tenders to supply this year's event, the lowest bid came in at just under $20,000, a 400% increase. That article continued to explain that the increased cost reflected the current market, which has seen high demand, short supply and less competition because smaller local companies have been bought up by larger group-owned providers. Now that all makes sense, but I'd add another dimension. If a restroom operator accepts a booking and allocates units to an event for a particular weekend, they can't offer them elsewhere. And if that event is cancelled or delayed, who covers the risk and carries the can for that missed opportunity? As COVID restrictions ease and more and more events come back, we'll also see an issue with timing. You see, large-scale events take a while to set up and dismantle. When operators kept a pool of event toilets on hand, everyone had the luxury of time. It was usual to pack into an event two or three days in advance. And when the event was finished, we had the luxury of time to collect the units and take them back to the yard for a deep clean and refresh before the next hire. Because demand is high and operators have deployed their event fleet on other jobs, the time window between events is expected to shrink. Unless new toilets arrive in significant numbers and or demand starts to fall elsewhere, I'm pretty sure we'll see event toilets move directly from job to job to job. In fact, that's already happening with toilets on routine hire on construction sites. As soon as one job is finished and the driver arrives to collect a unit, they're dropping it on another site. I'd call that a hot swap and I'd suggest it's happening more and more. It's actually quite effective because it allows the operator to reduce the time that the unit is off hire and therefore meet demand. Of course, many operators will say they don't move units from site to site because their SOPs require the driver to bring every toilet back to the yard for a full clean. As a practice, hot swaps only make sense if the driver has the equipment and the time to clean and fully sanitise a unit before it arrives at the next site. Now it's easy enough to wash one toilet at the side of the road, but how do you clean 50, 60 or even 100 toilets after an event when you don't have a wash pad connected to the sewer? It's okay to say wash them where they are, but local restrictions often prohibit the discharge of grey water to the stormwater system and even to the ground. And we all know it only takes one passerby to post a video or a photo on social media and bad practice has soon become front page news. And what happens if the unit is damaged? Does the driver have the tools, the spares or the expertise to make a proper repair? Yep, a temporary repair might be functional, but I'd argue that a bod repair will always look like a bod repair. And is that the image you want to present? Hot swaps certainly work as a short-term contingency to get the job done, but they're probably not a sustainable long-term option. 
And reading and watching those news articles made me wonder whether that 400% price increase was justified. Well, if you break down the original costings, $5,000 for 40 units works out at $125 per toilet. That might sound high for a one-day event, especially if you consider that many operators charge a similar amount each month on a long-term hire. But I'm going to guess that that $125 is a gross rate. It includes sales tax, delivery and setup, consumables like paper, sanitizer and blues, possibly a mid-event service, definitely an end-of-event service, pickup and removal, and a clean before the next hire. When you factor in mileage and staff hours, both for the sanitation crew and the admin team that prepared the quote, processed the order and sent the invoice, that $5,000 for 40 units doesn't seem like an adequate amount at all. Now $20,000 for 40 units works out at $500 a pop. Normally I'd say $500 per toilet for a one-day event feels a bit steep, but these aren't normal times. In my experience, event organisers have long regarded portable toilets as an inconvenient necessity, and they look to procure them at the cheapest possible cost. I've seen event people haggle over every last cent, and many restroom operators were forced to play along. They allowed themselves to be beaten down on price. I remember the director of an annual series of charity concerts which was sponsored by a large soft drinks company. One year, he ran quite late in the planning phase and said, oh, I hope you can cut me a deal because I've allocated my budget and I don't have anything left for the toilets. Digging deeper, that operator had supplied the toilets to that event at the same rate for a number of years. Perhaps they did it out of loyalty or community spirit, but I'd suggest that the revenue they received barely covered their real costs and it certainly didn't allow them to generate a profit. When I price events, I want to know exactly how much work is involved. If an event takes up 30 or 40% of your time over the course of a summer season, but generates less than 10% of your revenue, would it make sense to do it, or should you walk away? And that becomes even more important if supplying those events mean you divert equipment and staff from routine operations. If you do that, you may well compromise the service you provide for your loyal weekly customers, the ones who provide a regular stream of income. Now I've got no doubt that many operators do have the capacity, the resources and the expertise to service events and with proper pricing and careful planning they do that really really well. But the fact is Covid has changed the world. Proper sanitation is no longer an inconvenient necessity. It's essential and event organisers shouldn't be shocked or surprised if the costs for good sanitation have gone up. But for $500 for a plastic unit, event organisers could be looking at a bespoke solution like Sanitrax. Now with just two episodes left in season two before I take a break through July, I'm already planning future episodes to bring you more great content in season three. If there are any topics you'd like me to cover, please let me know. And if you're a supplier, manufacturer or provider, and you'd like to commission a feature episode or run adverts on the show, please get in touch. I'm on all social media platforms. Just search for Pete from Get Flushed or email me at info at getflushed.online. Recording can be done remotely and the content scripted to suit your needs at a very reasonable rate. If you haven't done so already, please remember to follow or subscribe to Get Flushed on your favourite podcast app so that you get every episode delivered direct to your device. And if you'd like to secure early access and bonus material that's not available anywhere else, please visit our Patreon page. That's patreon.com slash getflushed. Once again, thank you for your time. I've been Pete and you've been listening to Get Flushed, the sanitation podcast. 